Hello, my name's John Schaefer and welcome to The Wealth Show from CityWire. In the return of our Desert Island Fun Picks series, I spoke with Paul Sergei, Head of Investment Management at Kingswood, to find out his top five picks. To keep up to date with the latest episodes of our podcast, please click the follow button on Spotify. Paul, thanks so much for joining me. Um, I wanted to look at the five funds that you would choose if you were cast away to a desert island. So first up, your first pick was the Jupiter Merion UK mid-cap. Um, that's managed by Richard Watts. Why did you pick that fund? Yeah, I guess, well, um, let, let's start from the uh, the top view. Uh, and I think you know, from, from my perspective, you know, the key to being stuck on an island is really having a really diverse group of people. Uh, who's got you know, a, a very different skill set. So uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much, from, from my perspective, again, it's like building a, a, a well-diversified portfolio, but hopefully just with, with a little bit more, more sunshine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the first, first holding is to show you yeah, Jupiter Mary and uh, Richard Watts, you know, um, that, that start off with a bit of personality. Yeah, Richard's, Richard's Welsh. So uh, he can he can lead the rugby discussions, very important to me, uh, and potentially uh, you know, for there for a long time the, the, the camp the campfire scene. Yeah, great but, stuff. Uh, <laughs> but on, yeah, on a, on a more you know, serious note, you know, as a mid and small cap manager, uh, he's going to have a wealth of experience of, of thinking outside the box because of you know the, the amount of time he spends talking to uh, to, to business managers. Um, so hopefully you know, he, he can lead the charge. Uh, to build us our boat so that we can, that we can get away from it. And um, I, su- I suppose, you know, picking a UK fund, how bullish are you on the UK over the long term? And are you concerned that there's a bit of a sort of dashed for trash at the moment? Um, yeah, actually, I mean, I guess you know, we, we do feel that the, that the UK uh, is one of the better value markets uh, across, the, across the globe. And actually, it probably doesn't entirely fit with holding this this fund, although I think yeah, this is a fund that I, I'd expect having portfolios through all um, sorts of the cycles. But you know, you know, there's more about the, the move towards value, uh, which would why we would allocate to, to, to the UK. But you know, still have Richard in there uh, as a growth manager as, as part of a diversified approach. And there's a couple of um, potentially sort of ESG ESG stocks in there. You, you've got Boohoo at the top of the portfolio. And you've got sort of, I guess, other fast fashion retailers. You've got ASOS there. Um, is that a bit of a, a red flag for you? Um, not necessarily a, a red flag. It, it is something that, that we think about. I mean, we, we run separate ESG portfolios. Uh, but, but over time, I think what we, what we feel will happen to our, to our portfolios is that, is that they'll, they'll merge. Um, but that may be over you know, several years, and you know, we, we do start to think about ESG factors when we're bringing on funds into into our core portfolios, and, and not just into the, the specific ESG portfolios. Um, but, but for the for the time being, we are happy with, with this whole. And there's quite a lot of property development allocation in there. You've got you know the likes of Barrett Developments, Bellway. Um, as a sector, is, is that a sector you're pretty confident in? It's not a, a sector that we specifically target. Obviously, you know, we effectively uh, sub that out to the, to the fund manager. Uh, you know, however, you know, I do, I do feel um, that we will see some some growth uh, in that sector uh, as the economy as the economy picks up, and I think there'll, there'll, there'll be changes in the way people live, um, and, and perhaps even you know, a move out from see, where, where we're both 
sat albeit on the uh, other side of uh, London at, at the moment, John. But um, yeah, I think there'll, there'll be a gradual move out, and, and that will that will give opportunities to those companies that have got land banks yeah, perhaps across the UK rather than just focused around London. Let's move on to your your second pick. You've got the Pictay Global Environmental Opportunities again. Again, why did you pick that fund? Yeah, uh, incredible. Obviously, that blends that in quite well with our last uh, conversation uh, uh, around ESG. Um, well, partly, uh, um, it's, it's great to get not only one manager, but, but three. Uh, so there's three managers on, on that team. Um, so that's, that, that's certainly going to help us uh, in, in our efforts to escape uh, this island. What we really like about the, about the fund is the sort of you know, the, the focus on specific sustainable development goals. Um, and so, you know, as I mentioned before, we hold um, both an ESG specific portfolios you know, and, uh, and and core portfolios which do have a tilt towards uh, ESG. And, and this is one of the funds that crosses uh, between both of those. So, um, our, our core ESG portfolios. You know, look to um, have access to all of the 17 uh, sustainable development goals, but this fund you know, covers you know, is a good core holding for us because it covers several, so 12, 6, 13, 7, which is responsible for consumption and production, clean water and sanitation, climate action, and affordable clean clean energy. Um, and if I was to stay with my you know, slightly flippant approach here, uh, you know, I'd say that uh, you know, having, having those guys on board, might, if we're going to be stuck on an island. Yeah, those those are the uh, areas that you want to, to have in your team. I think an interesting element of, of this fund is it's been soft closed, um, seemingly because there's of huge inflows going into it, um, and it's sort of been closed to, to to new investors. But you know, current investors can still add more to it. Are you a current investor, and can you add more to it? Yeah, so we are, we are well, our current investor. So we made an, uh, an, an investment at the start of uh, 2020, which was you know, naturally very well timed, and we've continued uh, continued to allocate to it. And its performance has been very strong. I suppose. Do you see that as a little bit of an issue that so much money is chasing ESG strategies? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we can we can hide from that. Um, and I think what what we as investors have to be careful of is. Um, is, is greenwashing, and I think you know. Um, obviously, the funds that have been around for a long time, and Pictay, you know, Pictay have been in this space for an incredibly long time, and uh, you know, don't don't uh, can accuse them of, uh, of greenwashing um, or, or, or suddenly including sustainability uh, in in their investment process. So, um, and I guess you know that, that's the point, isn't it? That you know the ones that are not only better at doing it but have got more experience are likely to gather more assets. Let's move on to number three. You've got twenty-four absolute return credit, and obviously, absolute return funds as, as a group in general haven't performed particularly well over the last few years. So, so why this fund? Yeah, and actually, well, we hold this more for uh, as part of our fixed income exposure as opposed to. Uh, actually, um, absolute return credit. So, yeah, Chris Bowe has been at the helm of the fund uh, for, for some time and, and steered it through some very um, tough periods. So, uh, I, I don't think he'd sort of thank me as you know selecting him as you know as, as my really dependable member of the team. Um, but that's what we you know what we have him in uh, portfolios for. Uh, yeah, so you know trying within the fixed income space to. Uh, achieve a positive absolute return in a market environment over three years. So um, not not dull and boring, but you know, certainly dependable. Good stuff. 
and then we, we're on to Lazard Global Listed Infrastructure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So again, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, you put me on this island, John, but I, I seem to be focused on trying to to escape it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I take uh, <laughs> I take Bertrand uh, for, for many reasons, um, but you know, one of them is that you know his, his first-hand knowledge of infrastructure, you know, roads, and, and airports. And I know that you know, he doesn't hold any airports in the fund at the moment, but you know, he may well know some people that might want to rescue him in case he does want to start allocating airports when when they become a little bit more in, into his space and into the value space so again someone to, to help us uh, uh, escape um yeah and, and, and again also that experience in uh, in, in energy um so yeah we're stuck for some time we're going to want someone to be able to to help us to help us out and then we're on to, to the physical gold iShares etc um you seeing that as a sort of inflation hedge why gold yeah, again, well, 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 sorry to do it again, John, but um, I guess you know, in the first instance, you know, it, it, if I've got that much gold, we're definitely going to be worth rescuing, aren't we? So uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's hope someone will, will come in and save us. But yeah, I think um, yeah, actually it's, it's, you know, it's part of an insurance policy, isn't it? It's an insurance policy uh, against inflation, and it's also an insurance policy against you know, any you know, major drawdowns that we might see. You know, it, it certainly really played out in February, March, 2020 to be holding gold in portfolios um but not so much at the start of this year obviously when you know markets were were much more positive as you know your you know, vaccines and and lockdowns were, were you know combining to to make the world a, a much better place um although you know i think you know, we have seen it uh, perhaps do uh what, what what we might expect it to do against against bitcoin uh in, in the last week where bitcoin's you know, been um Significantly hit. Uh, we've seen an, up, an uptick in gold. Uh, I, I think that obviously they're very. I wouldn't want to, to put them in the same asset class. They're very, very different. Um, but you know, we hold it as, as, as protection against inflation. Yeah, and, and as an Armageddon scenario. And, and are you tempted to sort of gain exposure to, to gold miners and that that kind of way of allocating to gold? Uh, no, we haven't. I mean, I think there's been a dislocation in uh, the pricing of gold miners and, and gold for, for, for many, many years, and it's been called that that may well come back together. But we we prefer to hold just the pure pure gold for, for, for the you know, the core two reasons that I've already mentioned. Well, great. Thanks, thanks, Paul, for going through all of those. Um, keeping on with the, the desert island analogy, um, you know, you mentioned a couple of active managers there. Which one do you think would cause you the most problem if you're sort of sat on a desert island with them? Ooh, which which fund manager? <laughs> Very unfair. I'm pretty sure it would be Richard Watts because I think he'd be so desperate to get back to his fund because I'm sure he'd be worried that it would underperform without him. So he would be agitating to, to, to jump off the island as soon as, soon as he could. Good stuff. Well, Paul, thanks so much for talking to me today. No worries. I'm really good to speak to you.